Hello and welcome to this monthly edition of Midi's Junction with me, Anne-Marie Basada. In this month's program, we're going to look into the history of the Kurdish people to better understand where they come from and why the remains conquered the Middle East and their surrounding neighbors. You've probably heard much about the Kurdish people since the autonomous region of Iraqi Kurdistan held an independence referendum in September, despite regional and international warnings. At present, Iraqis Kurds are the only ones with their own regional government. The other notable Kurdish communities are in Turkey, Iran, and Syria. But despite the borders that separate the different communities in the Middle East, where do they actually come from? They are a separate ethnic group living in the Middle East, where uh, Turkey, Iran, Syria, and Iraq meet. They have been there as long as we know. That's Michael Gunter, a professor at the Tennessee Technological University, who has been researching and writing about the Kurds for over 30 years. Gerard Gauthier is an anthropologist and researcher at the Kurdish Institute of Paris. He adds that there are also Kurds as far east as the former Soviet Union, but the majority continue to live in the Middle East. While an actual Kurdish state is harder to trace in history, the fact remains that the Kurdish people have been in the Middle East region as far back as 400 BC. In fact, an ancient Greek general by the name of Xenophon details this in his book called Anabasis, as Gerard explains. Xenophon was、uh, the head of a troop of 10,000 Greek mercenaries, and they were working for a Persian、uh, king. And、uh, they were defeated, and they had to leave Ctesiphon,、uh, which is near Baghdad at the time, and they had to walk all their way back to Greece. And at one point, they found、uh, a tribe、uh, of mountain people. They blocked their passage, and those people described themselves as Kardukhoi. Well, it's hard to verify 100% if the Kurds were in fact this Kardukhoi or Karochi group. Another theory states that they are descendants of the Medes Empire. An ancient Iranian people who lived in northwest Iran. The Kurds themselves claim to be descendants of the Medes, the Medes who overthrew the Assyrian Empire in 612 BC. But we're not absolutely sure of that. The, the origins of the Kurds are lost in history, but they certainly have been there for a long time. And again, they claim to be descendants of the Medes, who had an empire in that area around 600 BC. Although the Kurds originate from the region, they speak a language that's similar to Persian, but unrelated to either Arabic or Turkish. They're a separate ethnic group, completely separate from the Turks and Arabs, speaking a totally different language family. The Kurds are actually Indo-European language, so they're related to the Iranians, but totally different from Turks and Arabs. Even though there was a common language and culture among the Kurds, as was the case among other ethnic groups in the area, Kurdish unity was often based on tribal lines. It seems that at the Middle Ages, the tribal reference was very important because it was keeping the community together in times where you had the、uh, big wars and、uh, and destructions. I think of、uh, the Crusaders, but also the Mongols would come.、Uh, they wrote a lot of description in、uh, destruction in the Middle East, and the tribe would be reinforced by this upheaval. At around the seventh century, we have the spread of Islam from the Arabian Peninsula. And it's at this time that the Kurds have another unifying element: religion. We know, as a fact, that the Kurds were there when the Arabs conquered the area and Islamicized it in the seventh century, and so the Kurds have been Muslim ever since. 
Although uniting the Kurds under one banner was not really what was happening, as Gerard explains. Because uh, at the time of the empires, uh, Ottoman Empire and the Persian Empire, and uh, even before when it was the Caliph, and you had a united Middle East with Arabic Caliph, Muslim Caliph, then you had a lot of uh, communities in there. You had Turks, you had Arabs, you had Persian, you had Kurds, and the people they they had uh, they had unity under the banner of Islam basically, and then they knew they were Kurds, but they usually would speak several languages. In fact, a famous Kurd from the Abbasid Muslim Caliphate was Saladin. He was a sultan, though he also received the title of king. But he was known for leading Islamic forces against the European Crusaders. After his big victory, however, he was revered not for his ethnicity as a Kurd, but simply for being a great fighter. And so we see that the Kurds have always been a part of the regional history of the Middle East. But has there ever been a push to recognize themselves as a Kurdish people? Michael indicates a specific instance. Well, into the 19th century, there were Kurdish emirates, which by today's standards meet many of the criteria for independence. And there's an ancient Kurdish history called the Sharafnama. Written by Sharif Khan Bitlitzi in 1596, in which he talks about at least five Kurdish dynasties or emirates in the past that had the attributes of what we would today call independence. So it's possible to say that, in effect, there were independent Kurdish entities four or five hundred years ago. Which were eventually wiped out by the Ottoman and Persian empires. Gerard elaborates on this. We have a manuscript at the beginning of the 17th century, which was written in Persian by a, a person um, who was an administrator in the Ottoman Empire and also with the Safavid, so the the rival uh, Shah. Uh, at the time, and he started to write a history of the Kurdish di- local dynasties. And then he would write in Persian in this book, which was published in 1605,、uh, I think, that if we had a prince that would be coming from ourselves and we could direct our own affairs by ourselves, then we would stop being exploited by the Persians, the Turks, and the Arabs. And that is written in the 17th century. So already by the 16th and 17th century, we see that the Kurdish people, under Ottoman rule by them, were feeling the pinch. Don't forget that under Ottoman ruling, different ethnic and cultural groups were living side by side, but no one had any independence. Each province, such as Syria or Egypt, was ruled by a chosen representative of the Ottomans. Added to that is the notion of the nation-state, which really became a modern idea at the end of the 19th century. It was really after World War One, which saw the disintegration of the Ottoman Empire, that the push for a nation-state took effect in the Middle East. So obviously there was a big push for the, the the idea of a nation state with Kurds at the end of the Ottoman Empire because the people had to choose. A lot of those Kurds they were generals, officers, administrators in Ottoman Empire. They had Ottoman identity. But at the time when the Ottoman Empire stopped to exist, then the people had to to make a choice. What would they do? And this is where the Kurds may have had a chance to have a state, but don't forget that they had spent years spread out over the region. So when Turkey, Iraq, and Syria all pushed for their own state in response to the fallen Ottoman and the Western powers that had taken over, the Kurds found themselves in the middle of it all.
Originally, the Kurds were divided according to their tribe and their regions and so forth, and still are. But then in 1918, when the modern state system was created, you created another division between Kurds, Turkish Kurds, Iranian, Iraqi, and Syrian Kurds. And that's been going on for 100 years now. So uh, that's another way the Kurds are divided between the four states that they live in. In fact, the Kurds almost had a state by way of the modernizer of Turkey, Mustafa Ataturk. First, the Middle East was separated into pieces by the big powers, mainly the British and uh, the French. Some of the people locally were able to resist. One good example was Mustafa Kemal, who was able to win the war against the, the Greek, the Italian, the French and the Brits, expel them from Anatolia and set up a modern Turkish state that he chose to have only as Turkish state, no Kurds. <laughs> he first recruited them against the, the imperialists, telling we are going to set up a state which will be a state of brotherhood between Turks and Kurds. And when he won, he, he told there is no Kurd. <laughs> So that's that's a well-known story, unfortunately. Compounded to that is the Kurds didn't have a central figure to bring them together to push for their own state at the time. What it seems that what happened is the Kurds were a little late in taking the train of the modern nationalism. They had no equivalent for Kemal Ataturk. They were betrayed by those people who were resisting to the West. So we see the Kurdish population get taken up by the respective states. Iran, Syria, Iraq, and Turkey. But the constant tensions amongst the Kurdish communities and their country's government has always been a reason for them to push for their state. In the case of Iraq's Kurds, the fact that the U.S. came in 2003 gave them outside support to set up their autonomous region, as Michael explains. It's because the United States destroyed Iraq. If we had not destroyed Saddam Hussein, the Iraqi Kurds would be back to where they were in the 1940s and 30s. But by destroying the strong Iraqi Kurdish government of Saddam Hussein, you handed the Kurds their autonomy. We did not do that to Turkey, Iran, or Syria. But as Iraqis Kurds face the consequences of pushing ahead with their quest for independence, Fala Mustafa, the foreign minister of the Kurdish regional government, says his people still want their own state, but hopefully not at the risk of war. We are a different nation. We tried our best. We went to Baghdad. We played a positive role. It didn't work. But we should not be punished. We have to be realistic. It's over. Times have changed. Circumstances have changed. The best way forward would be for dialogue. We hope that Baghdad understands it's not about pride. It's about being pragmatic. It's about being realistic. It's about being peaceful. That's all the time we have now. I'll leave you with the music by a traditional Kurdish group called Nishtiman, which means homeland in Kurdish. Billy, 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 Billy,
Thank you. 